I feel like today's message is for you if you, you don't really believe in God or you don't have faith in Jesus yet, um, you haven't crossed over the line of faith, and you just don't understand Christians. Like, what's the deal? And I think that today's message is also for you if you are a Christian or you are a believer in Jesus, you follow Jesus, and you get a lot of like, what's up with you? Conversations. Like, why are you the way you are? This is weird. Um, last week, I'll, I'll mention this in case the Holy Spirit's doing any work in somebody to this morning. Last week, we had Summerfest. Anybody show up to that? Yeah. It's good times, right? Bummer that we got rained out at about 2.15, 2.30. But one of the things, I talked briefly in our outdoor service about baptism. And we offered, since God had provided a pool and all the water, um, we said if anybody is feeling like they would like to be baptized, that we'll go ahead and do that last Sunday. And then the storm rolls in. And everybody got, everybody got baptized, right? And so as we were walking to the pool to baptize three folks, the, the lifeguards called it and um, shooed everyone away. And then, of course, the crazy storm came through. Um, but last night was pretty awesome because two of the three that had wanted to get baptized got baptized last night, Jody and Bill Dulick. They're, they're not married. They're actually brother and sister. And um, yeah, yeah, let's give it up for them. Powerful, powerful um, uh, testimonies in both of their lives it was to what Jesus has done in their life, and then we were able to baptize them um, right here in our, in our little um, baptismal, and it was pretty awesome. So I'm just going to say this today just because um, if you've been feeling, we've kept this out for today. We could have drained it last night, but we just kept it out today in case you've been saying, you know what, I really feel as though I would like to get baptized. If that's you, um, we do have a change of clothes for you. Um, and um, we'll just have a conversation during the worship time, but then we'll be able to do that. So not sure if anyone is feeling that nudge, um, but that's an opportunity for you. There's really two things that we see really connect us when it comes to following Jesus as a, as a church. The, one of them is baptism. I talked about it last week. And then this is the first Sunday of the month, first weekend of the month. So we have communion available to you, and we do communion a little bit differently, and we'll take that um, and receive that at the end of my message. So there's a couple of things going on today, and it's exciting. But in all of that, you kind of got to wonder, like, why is it that we act the way that we do, and why is it that sometimes um, we don't, if you don't know God, why we don't understand? Well, Jesus was um, kind of in that same boat, and in Luke chapter 5, this is really the main uh, couple of verses I wanted to show you, and then I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the scenarios we find ourselves in and, and the choices that we have. I'm really kicking off a series today called Two Things. And so the two things we're going to talk about today is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. And we're just going to briefly touch on this to help us kind of understand some things and maybe like motivate us for this week. So Luke chapter 5, verse 33, the Pharisees are saying to Jesus, hey, listen, John's disciples often fast and pray. And so the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. 
They basically, hold on, stay, hold on, Faith, stay back there on one, that first slide. They, he, they're basically saying, like, what are you doing? Like, nobody does this. This is not what the disciples of, of the religious leaders are supposed to do. Like, nobody does this. Nobody, nobody eats and drinks and has, like, fellowship and partying and uh, whatever. I mean, it's, it's not a thing. And, and they're basically, they don't understand what Jesus is doing and what his disciples are doing. They, he just doesn't, they just don't understand. And, and really the idea here that I really want to get across is something that's almost like a little bit of a check-in with you, a little bit of a reminder with you. If you were here with us over Easter, I talked about that conversation that Nicodemus had with Jesus. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, he says, hey, listen, you know what? In order for you to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Without being born again and born of the Spirit, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And so the Pharisees are being introduced to the real, the kingdom of God incarnate. Like Jesus is there. He is there. He is establishing a new way of living, a better way of living, a new way. He's, he's fulfilling the law. He's doing, he's doing all kinds of amazing things. He's flipping the script in so many ways. And the Pharisees do not get it. Well, Jesus goes on to kind of explain some things to, to these guys, and, and that's good. And, and in verse 36, it, it looks like this. He just uses a couple of different examples, one of them being this. He says, no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they would have the, torn the new garment, and the, and the patch from the new will not match the old. I mean, this makes sense, right? Like, we wouldn't do that. And so I think what I'm wanting to establish and just kind of like help launch into some of the thoughts for today is that there is just a different way of thinking, a different way of living, a different way of processing, a different way of interacting, a different way of, of, of really, I guess, just living our lives. And, and there's those of us that we've been, been born again, we've, we've chosen to follow Christ, and we see the kingdom of God. We see things differently. We have a check in our heart about something that maybe is happening in our life that doesn't quite seem right. Maybe we need to adjust that. Maybe there's something in our life that we need to do more of. We just have that going on inside of us because the Spirit is living and active inside of us. And then there's those that we interact with, or those of us that we don't have faith yet, and we don't understand what we're seeing, and we don't see the kingdom of God. We don't understand forgiveness. We don't understand grace. We don't understand why you wouldn't judge someone or why you wouldn't um, be able to tell someone off if they offend you. We don't understand these things. And so today, this is the world that we live in. And so I want to check in with you. How is it when you think about the kingdom of the world and the, the kingdom of God where do you have the, the greatest struggle? Where do you feel the most tension? Where do you feel the most tension? Today's message is brought to you by the shape, the triangle. We can switch over to my iPad. Um, let's hear it for the triangle. So we're going we're gonna to do, I, so this is how I am. All right, Sean? I get bored easy, all right? So I was like, let's mix it up with the old message, and let's try some things. And so I had some fun. It might work. It might not. But Jesus is bigger than all that, right? So this is the triangle. We're going to start with this first triangle. This is a little bit of a throwback as well. I want us to check in a little bit. Um, and so we've got ooh, the triangle just changed shape, just changed orientation like that. So let's just remember um, something that we call the triangle of Satan. This is a typical situation 
some of you said, what did he just say? All right, you'll, you'll, you'll get it in a second. So none of you have ever been offended, right? So, so you get offended. And, and you're, you're like, oh, just, you're not okay, right, Sarah? You're just not okay. And you just, man, I, I got, I'm offended. I got some things to say. I got some things to tell somebody else, right? Not the person that offended you. And so what the world, the kingdom of the world, this is very, very normal, all right, is for you to be offended. Like if Matt offends me, then I go and I talk to Bill about Matt. Super normal. Typically what this is called is called processing, all right? It's not gossip. It's not like, you know, talking bad about someone behind their back. It's I'm, I'm just processing. Like I just need to process with someone right now. Like, and so this is what the kingdom of the world looks like, right? Has anybody felt like you've ever done this? Don't raise your hand. I mean, I mean, no shame, right? I, I've done it. I mean, come on. Somebody ever uh, feel like you've ever had somebody talk about you behind your back to someone else? How good does that feel? Does that feel good? So here's, here, you guys ready for this? Somebody give me a drum roll. I don't know if it's going to work. Let's see. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Something happens where Jesus says, and he flips the script, and he says, this is what you're going to do. If you go to Jesus and you ask Jesus, what do I do about my offense? He tells you in Matthew 5 and Matthew 18. It covers both sides of offense, which is super awesome. So if I'm offended, what I need to do is I need to go to the person who has offended me, and I need to talk to them about it. And if they don't listen, there's a whole process about it. Matthew 18. And if I know that I flip it a little bit, if I've offended someone, what I can do is I, what Jesus would say to do is that I need to go to that person and make sure that I process that with them to say, what did I do? What did I say? I, and try to reconcile. This is not normal. In the kingdom of the world, people don't do that typically unless they're forced to. But when you live in the kingdom of God and you know that we are members of the same body and that we are a part of a church, Big C, and what we're to do is to keep the unity at all, if all possible, to keep the peace, that what we do is we go to those that have offended us or we go to those that we've offended and we, we seek reconciliation. The reason why we call this the triangle of Satan is because this is what I believe the enemy uses in churches. It's what he uses in families. It's what he uses in marriages in order to bring disunity and divisiveness among his people and among people that are supposed to be connected. I just believe that because I've seen it. I've been, I've, I've been uh, um, affected by it. And I know that what Jesus is saying to us is that there is a better way, Matthew 5, Matthew 18. You guys there? People will wonder, what are you doing when you go and you address something directly? Now, there's a lot that's going on there. You can flip over to the slide that says reconciliation, faith. Reconciliation 
trumps the triangle of Satan. And it's because it blows it up. It, it, it somehow it, it exposes what is with the disunity. It, it exposes where we're, we're misaligned. And I will tell you that there is not enough time in today's message to be able to say to you, here's what reconciliation looks like in your life. Because reconciliation many times includes forgiveness, extending grace, loving, healing, all of which those things take some time, right? All of those things are deep works that are difficult for us sometimes to allow. But those are, that's what reconciliation looks like. You guys ready for another triangle? By the way, before we go on, how does that, how's that going? How's the, how's the reconciliation thing going? We talked about it probably about a year ago. It's part of living in the kingdom of God. Let's go blue triangle. All right? Blue triangle. You got you again, right? And in our world, the kingdom of the world, your goal and many of our goals today, our goal is to see something happen in our life that is amazing. That somehow we reach success, we get to the pinnacle of life, we reach success. Whatever definition of success you have, put it right there. You're, whether that's money or the world, the world will say money, status, the network, the right zip code, the right car, the right whatever it is, the house. Success is the goal. And it can turn into, and many times is, we see it all the time, is that it becomes a prideful path. We focus on becoming number one. We want to be the man. We want to be the person and what we find is that Scripture tells us that many times the way that the world works is that we become humbled at some point. Pride comes before the fall. And so when we set our sight on achieving, many times things like humility, humbling situations, things not going the way that we thought they would can happen. But here's the thing. We're going to flip it again. Jesus flips it, and we see that what happens is success in the kingdom of God becomes less important. Humility is a big deal, but I think what's really interesting is that we find that God wants to do something in you before he does something through you. Let me say that again. God wants to do something in you before he does something through you. This is, um, I'm borrowing from a, a teaching from 12 Stones in our residency program, which we just started last month. We have three residents, college graduates that have entered a two-year leadership track with us. And, and this is one of the big thoughts in the very beginning of that residency, is that God wants to do something in you before he does something through you. We see this in, in the story we've been studying with King David. David is anointed by Samuel when he's probably around 15 years old. Well, he's the king right there. He's supposed to be the king. And it's not for another 15 years or so before David actually becomes king. And so we look at this and we say, all right, well, I want to achieve something now. I want to see, like, I gave my heart to God, so things should happen now. But see, here's the thing. God wants to do something in you before he does something through you. 
Is success and achievement wrong and evil in and of itself? No, but if we don't allow God in and allow God to do something in us, it's difficult at best for him to do something through us. I think there's a lot of reasons why we don't allow or we resist God doing something in us. In order for God to to really move through and to use you in big ways, you know that he wants to heal you of many of the things that are ailing you. But the world would say that you just need to press on, you just need to like head down, go for it, man, just continue to grind, like go, go, go. And you know, God is so good that he would like to use the, the, the really difficult parts of your story, the wounds that you have in your story, the things that maybe the offenses that people had, the people that, that, that have hurt you. He wants those situations, he wants to heal those so that he can use you to bring healing to others and lead them right to his feet to be able to see healing happen in their life as well. God will always do something in you before he does something through you. You guys feeling that? You guys, is that fair? You guys not liking the triangles? Well, too bad because it's sponsored by the triangle, all right? Let's go green triangle. So this one's very, very simple but it gets at kind of our leadership focus that we've had for the past um, couple of months is that we're going to actually switch it around and you're going to be at the top of the pyramid. In the, in the world's eyes, your goal, similar to this idea of success, your goal is to become the person who has it all, but also the person who commands and, and is in control. That everybody is designed, everybody should be serving you. I mean, this is a big goal. This is kind of like the track that, that a lot of us are on. This is very, very true. I mean, we see even um, that this isn't necessarily evil in the sense of that, but it's, it's this idea that, hey, everyone is going to serve me. This is, this is a pretty, pretty messed up worldview. And if we look at the kingdom of God, when we look at Philippians 2, 1 John 2, what we find is that things begin to switch. And we find that as we attain more leadership in our life, what we do is we descend into servanthood. So what really the kingdom of God is about is if you want to be great, then you need to become humble and to become a servant. Philippians 2, 1 John 2. If you work towards this, I, um, a ministry leader years ago once said when he took over as um, superintendent of Illinois and um, he, he got up in front of everybody and, and he was like giving his like, you know, comments about that. He said, you know what, this is a humbling experience for me because I am now descending into leadership. And what he meant by that is that he was becoming more of a servant because of the elevation in the world's eyes of becoming a leader, is that he saw it as becoming more of a servant. You see, I think the world looks at something like this, that the trial gets flipped, and, and it doesn't make sense. Because why is it that you would, as, as the boss or as the person who is in charge, why would you be the person who's 
dumping garbage? Or why would you be the person that's sweeping a floor? Or why would you be the person that's staying late to make sure something happens? Why is it that you would do that? It's because the, there's been something. Why is it that people give their lives and walk away from so much to give their lives over to the gospel? Why is it? It's because they, they have the Holy Spirit doing something in them that, uh, that, that is emphasizing this idea right here. So how is this going? Do you feel like you're descending into leadership? Or do you feel like you're rising and you're feeling, kind of like feeling your oats, man, like this is feeling good, that I've got some people that are reporting to me, people that are I'm leading, that's just good stuff. All right, let's do one more triangle. So you've got you again. And this is one I think that all of us are very familiar with. You have this idea of heaven and earth. You guys know the, the Lord's Prayer, you know, that our Father who art in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is probably a prayer that we have prayed over and over many, many times in our life. And we say it and we don't even think about what we're saying. At least for me, sometimes I don't realize the gravity of what I'm praying. When I say, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think what the danger for me is, is when what I want to do is I want to add heaven to whatever's going on on earth. So whatever I've got going in my life, I'd like to add Jesus to that. Like, I've, I've got goals. I've got a vision for my life. I've got, like, desires that I want to see happen. I have all these things in my life that I'm ready to go, man. And, you know, I, I, God, just bless what I'm doing. Just bless what I'm doing. Man, just make that thing a thing. That just let's go. And I just want to add Jesus to whatever, I, whatever I've got going on. But the prayer says, let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not my will. It's not your will. It's his will. What is it that he wants to accomplish? Because if we start doing that, guess what? It's already blessed. So adding it to whatever we have going on in our life isn't really the goal. It's really seeing that what is happening on earth is equal to what's happening in heaven. That's the goal. That we would literally see heaven on earth. An author uh, whose name I cannot pronounce um, once said that the will of God is carried on the backs of the believers. That this is what our job is to do, is to see and seek God's will and then to accomplish that to the best of our ability through the Spirit of God here on earth. I think that our struggle is when we try to play God without God's power or without God's knowledge. It never goes well. And what this prayer is all about, what this, what this, instead of trying to say, let's add heaven to earth, it's all about seeing heaven on earth. I think it's at this idea, and I had a couple of versions of this uh, phrase, this uh, phrase about Jesus, um, faith, which is... Uh, 
I went with this. If there's something that Jesus cannot do, like there's a, that's, that's risky stuff theologically, right? Jesus can't share the top spot in your life. Maybe you say he won't share it. If you want to put success there, that's great, but Jesus will then just kind of like allow you to do that because of the gentleman and the free will that you have. Jesus can't share the top spot in your life. So all of these things that Jesus flips causes this tension in our lives where we don't necessarily, we we struggle, right? Because we feel the pressure from culture. We feel the pressure from those in our our family maybe or at, at work where everything is moving because it's in the king, it's the kingdom of the world that's really generating all of those goals and generating all of that activity, all of that energy. And, and we here, we've said, you know what? We have stepped over the line of faith. Jody and Bill last night, they stepped over the line of faith. They said, I am going public with my faith and I am going to become baptized in Christ and I'm going to now pursue the new life that, that comes with that. I'm going to continue to do that. Faith, there's a baptism slide um, on the left side, and I, I added this. Do you see it? Um, if you don't, that's fine. I added a, a challenge to the baptism process or our, our, our honoring of that, which basically was this, that as, as Jody and Bill chose to be baptized, I challenged the community out of Romans 6, to say, well, we support and encourage, yeah, and sustain them as they pursue that new life in Christ. And then the crowd said, we will. Romans 6, 2 through 4 says, we are those. We're those who have died. We've died to sin. Why don't people understand it? Why don't you understand the kingdom of God? It's because unless you die to yourself, unless you die to sin, it's hard to see. It's not impossible to see, as Jesus told Nicodemus. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? This is, this is the idea, guys, that this kingdom of God, these are the two things, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world, and they're constantly wrestling, and they're constantly wrestling inside of our heart. I think the thing, the one of these that probably resonates the most is... The idea that God wants to do something in you before he'll do something through you. And I think the reason for that is because I think the inside is where the work gets done and allows for all the other things to flow. And so my challenge to you as we move into a little bit more music and a little bit of time to to think about this is to ask God in these moments, like, what is he wanting to do in you right now? What is God wanting to do in you? Why do you resist that question if you do? Why is it difficult for, for, say, myself, for me, to allow God to do something in me? What is holding that process up? As I look around, I mean, there's so many different places that you are today, like, um, see friends that haven't been here for a while and it's great to see them back here 
I see people who are in all different phases of life. Some of you are just on the front end, like, oh my gosh, where am I going to do with the rest of my life? And some of you are looking back and saying, what just happened? Like, that was a lot. But let me tell you, the time has never run out where God is done. You see, God wants to do something in you no matter what phase of life you're in. And that's the work for the Holy Spirit to do with you over the next few minutes, is to determine what that thing is that he wants to do in you and to pursue that, to run after that, to grab hold of that. And if you don't know, to pray, God, make it clear, God, what is it that you want to do in me? I'll be... um, I'll be kind of like in the back in the middle right here. If, if being baptized is something that you've been thinking about, that you want to do, um, just come back and, and say a word to me and, and we'll talk a little bit and um, can make that happen. Others of you that are, that are ready to um, receive communion, that'll happen. We do it a little differently here, and I understand that that's a big deal for those of us that have grown up in different faith traditions where communion is very, very, very um, set apart and respected, and we have that attitude as well. But the way that we do communion here is we, we want it to be a personal thing, and so we have the communion elements available to you on these two back tables, and any time during the next few songs, you can go ahead and receive communion. You can go by yourself, you can go with your friends, you can go with your family, and you can find a spot in the warehouse to receive the elements together. So why don't we stand? And Heavenly Father, we just kind of a family talk today, God, where we're able to talk a little bit about what is it that we're doing? And so Lord, I pray for each one that's in this room right now. Lord, that you would Continue the work that you have begun in them. Lord, you knew who would be in the room today. You knew where the struggles would lie, where the resistance would be, where the grace would be abundant. And so, Lord, I I break every chain in Jesus' name over all of us today that whatever is holding us back, whatever is keeping us from truly just operating and and allowing you to guide and lead every single part of our life, Lord, whatever it is that's holding us back, Lord, it is broken and we are free today. God, you are a good God and you want to do something in us today. You want us to seek reconciliation when the world doesn't understand that. You want us to become servants, Lord God. Why is it, God, I believe, Lord, that it's, you, you see that there is life that you want to bring. And Lord, I speak life over this crowd today that as we begin to operate in the kingdom of God, that we would continue to bring the life that you brought to us, to a hurting world around us. God, as we sing today, deepen that work in us and speak to us specifically, individually, right 
where we are. Like process and kingdom of God happen and just it's amazing to see it and um, I would just encourage you to do what she's been doing which is to process what God is doing in your heart and so as we go Heavenly Father we thank you Lord for the work that you're doing in us Lord your spirit is so so tender and so sweet and so such a gentleman Lord God that you would usher us into the presence Lord God like you have today Lord help us to not resolve the tension, but to manage the tension that we live in. Lord God, as we walk out of these doors, may we be light in dark places. And Lord, may we walk out of here owning the identity of being a citizen of the kingdom of God. That Lord, that we would be able to see your life come as we bring words of life, as we bring, Lord God, that life that you've brought to us. Lord, may you be shining through us this week and continue to do that work in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. Have a great, great week, and we'll see you very soon.